0: Inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people, inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys people. Why do we ask people questions that we don't really want the answer to? Look, I do this. You definitely do it. We all do it. You asking the question really for one or two reasons. Either you're super confident. Like, you just know, like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, if I ask how this beard looking, she about to say, oh, it's right. You know what I'm saying? Or You asking because you already know it ain't right. You know what I'm saying? It's like me looking at my wife, like I'm lining up my beard. And I'm like, hey, come here. Like, how how you think this look? (laughs) And it's like, oh, she about to kill your vibe. 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 Like, oh, that joint, crooked. It's messed up. The left don't match the right. The left look like it's making a right turn. And the right side look like it's making a U-turn. Now, that might be the truth. I ain't ask you that question for the truth. I asked you because I thought you was going to say what I wanted you to say. Or it's like, I already know it look messed up, but I hope it don't look as messed up to everybody else that it looked to me. Come on, man. You know how that is. Look, even though I've done that plenty of times in my life, it's something that I legit try not to do now. Like. I try to be thoughtful like when I'm about to do it. Like, look, you asking a question and you know good and well you don't want the answer to that question. Like that answer is going to change your whole day. You ever get an answer to a question, it just mess your whole day up. Like, oh, I thought I was killing it, you know, with with the too small shirt. but 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 you saying that. That I ain't got the body for the too, bo- too, too small boy. Too small, boy. Too small boy. Like that answer gonna mess your whole day up, bro. Because cause the thing is, you walking around thinking you cute, and, and you ask the question at 3.30. Here's my thing. If you gon' ask the question, especially about how you look, ask in the morning. That way, you know what I'm saying? It's enough time for you to switch it up if you don't like the answer. But if it's 3 3.45, and we out in the middle of nowhere, you know what I'm saying, all in our day at work or whatever, and you ask that question, and it ain't right, you going to be messed up. Now you spending the whole day like, oh, you looking at people, like, trying not to let them see both sides of your face. Like, oh, my beard ain't right, bro. I asked the question at 3.30 that I should have asked at 9 a.m. I've had a lot of people do this to me in mentoring sessions, like- Something that I've done through the past, maybe, I don't know, four or five years, I've spent a lot of time sitting with individuals and, you know, walking them through different things and helping them with, whether it be mostly, I would say, business stuff. I've also done some stuff at some schools uh, several times. But anyway, you know, it's like, you know, just trying to pour into people. And you sit with people, and one of the tough things about any type of mentoring session is that the mentee is really the person in control. And it's something I learned because I've had mentors along the way too. And you go into it as the mentee thinking, oh, yo, what you want me to do? Or, you know, like, it's like you want the mentor to set everything out. And you learn fairly quickly, most of the time, especially a professional mentor is going to say, like, at least what I've been told several times is like, yo, you're gonna get as much out of this as you want, as you put into it. It's not me coming to you with all the answers to life, and it's not me coming to you just telling you everything you wanna hear. The more you put in, the more you wanna get out, then the more you will get out. Um, But it's gonna take a lot of effort. And so one thing that I've learned in these sessions is that people wanna meet up with you and sit down and ask you questions when they already have the answers that they want to hear in their mind. And so a lot of times people are just looking for you to kind of reaffirm what they already want to do. And I cannot stand when people do this. I, I really It really bothers me. Like, I'm taking two hours out of my day to come and sit with you and talk to you about whether or not you should open up a shoestring store. You come into the meeting and you like, what you think about this, this, and this? And then I now go proceed to be honest with you and tell you the truth and how this is a horrible idea, but because you already knew you wanted to do what you want to do, next week comes and you got a shoestring story. Anyway, look, I'm not saying that mentorship is about a person telling you, you know, what to do and you just doing it, but what I am saying is that you know, if you want to have an authentic experience with someone, in any type of, you know, big brother, little brother, big sister, little sister, whatever. Like, it's going to take you being honest and you actually asking things and being willing to receive it. Ah, that's what I'm trying to say. Willing to receive it. So many times in our lives, we are simply not willing to receive. Like, we ask because we want to know what we want to know. But the moment that what you're telling me isn't what I want to know, then now I'm offended. And it reminds me, I guess, from a biblical standpoint of the whole itching ears, right? Like, as a minister of the gospel, you know, you have a, a choice to make, a decision to make. Am I going to tell people the truth? Or am I just going to tell them what they want to hear? As simple as the answer to this question sounds or seems, we see people every single day choose to scratch ears. And what I'm saying is that that, of course, relates to the gospel, but it also relates to the rest of our lives. We have to make a decision that we are not just going to go around scratching people's ears and telling them stuff just because they wanna hear it. And then they go out and start that horrible business. Or they go out there with that jacked up beard or hairstyle, and it's your fault. There are times in life where I'm looking at people and I'm like, look, you came out the house like that, I don't even blame you. I forgive you, I blame your friends. I blame your family for letting you, you know, walk around like that. But this takes a person that is willing to receive. What am I saying? Look." if this show is horrible if inspire God's people is just like oh my goodness this is trash don't blame me blame lavelle because he on the show um blame my wife my my family my parents my in-laws my brothers my sisters you know blame all these people because they're the ones telling me oh you got a good show it's a good show and i'm just walking around thinking like my show is good and y'all looking like, no, nah, um, the show ain't as good as you think it is, Jermaine. But I did not ask that question. So I don't, look, don't be in my email telling me that you don't like my show. JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. If you would like to get feedback about Inspire God's People. Listen, I am very clear at the end of this show. Now, we are about to find out who actually listens all the way to the end, right? You don't cut it off or whatever. What's the last thing I say? If you don't like this show, just act like you like it. Why? Because I don't want to ask you, do you like this show? I literally don't know if I've ever asked anyone that. Well, outside of my wife, and I have asked Lavelle, but Lavelle is on the show. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, how you feel about the rest of the show? You know, of course he likes his, you know, little segment or whatever. Especially now that he got his own little, you know, take it to another Lavelle. Like, you know, we being deep, level, level, whatever. You get it. All right, before we take it to another level, another level. Another level. I do want to check out this scripture. Second Timothy 4, verse 3 says, and I'm reading from the ESV, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths as for you I'm talking about you God's people always be sober minded endure suffering do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. ministry 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 We have to understand as believers that we live in a day and time where people will accumulate For themselves, teachers to suit their own passions. Look, I'm not saying this stuff. I'm not that cold with it. You know what I'm saying? This is Paul talking to Timothy. We live in this day and age where people are basically saying, you know what? I got my own passion. I got my own answers, like to my own questions. So instead of seeking sound doctrine and truth, right? And what the Bible actually says and what Jesus actually said we should be doing. I'm just gonna accumulate a bunch of people that believe what I want them to believe, that tell me what I want to hear, that scratch my itching ears. Now I would make up a song about this right now, but for those true J. Will music supporters, you already know that I have a song called "No Reputation" on my Sound Doctrine album, and this is the concept. I actually open up I either no, I close. I don't know my own song. I either open up or close. With this scripture, that's why that album is called Sound Doctrine, because what I did is laced it with a lot of biblical uh, references. It's the Bible. It's preaching on there. That's why that album is called that. And just for a timeline reference, that was during a time in my life when I had, I was either I had either just finished reading through the Bible, or I was in the midst of reading through the Bible. So I'm giving you little tidbits so you can kind of see how my music correlates with the timeline of life and what was going on in life during a time like why was this called sound doctrine is because I was in a time in my life where I was like hey I need to stop doing everything and I need to get into the word of God because I no longer want people to tell me what I want to hear like don't tell me it's your day it's your like don't just tell me it's yours and this this and this like do you know how many? Anyway, we're not going to get into that. I'm not going to call nobody out and stuff like that. Of course, I could talk about this stuff all day long, but it is time to take it to another Lavelle.
1: Thank you. It's time to go. Lavelle, what are you doing here? To another. Enough. I finally got a theme song, y'all. Yo, Jay, what up, man?
0: What up, man? What's going on, LaVille? Oh, oh,
1: <laughs> gracious, mighty this is so weird. Like, I, I actually feel
0: welcome. I'm trying my best to have hospitality and make you feel like you belong here. You're doing a good job, my brother. Thank you, man. Oh, we glad to have you a part of the show.
1: I don't have anything to talk about. I just...
0: You know what? Don't
1: I feel welcome to be here. I just want to kind of you, just you, sit here. I don't
0: Now you officially have a job, so you have <laughs> to have something to talk about. Okay. You definitely <laughs> gotta have something to talk about. What's what's going on?
1: <sighs> okay, so the weather is starting to break. Finally.
0: Yes. Thank Praise God. God. Yes. Oh my God.
1: So I did I was thinking about this the other day. So I I well, I live in the hood. I do. I,
0: you know, I ain't. Hey man, you know what? You threw your age out there on one episode. Now you telling people where you live. Go ahead. Let it all hang out, man. Just go ahead and tell them who you are, brother. Right, right.
1: Um, so yeah, I live in the hood. And, you know, the house I live in is a very old house. It probably was built back in the 40s or the 50s, right? Hmm. Now, back then they didn't really care about certain things. And one of those things that they didn't care about was Little something, I don't think it's really that important, called
0: insulation. Oh, yeah, that's not important at yeah. all. Living in Michigan with the winter, <laughs> why would you need that?
1: Dude, so our house is like the most poorly insulated house ever built.
0: Right. Praying for you.
1: Every year, every year, we deal with the water pipes freezing hmm. because they're not, the house isn't insulated, right? Okay. So every year we, we deal with the pipes freezing the water. And thank God, thank God they've never burst. Mm. And usually when water pipes freeze, they end up bursting. So my brother gave me this, uh, this heater thing, torpedo thing, to kind of throw heat on it to kind of melt the ice on the inside so that the water starts flowing again. But because the house isn't insulated, the pipes freeze. Okay. So this is what I started thinking about. And this is about to be what I like to call a deep conversation. At one point, I bought some uh foam to go around the uh pipes in the basement. Right. And it helped a little bit, but it didn't really help that much. You have to leave the water trickling, you know, and which means the water bill is higher. Oh, ain't no way. It's just it's, it's craziness. So I found out that where this cold air was coming from. And when I pulled the the little ceiling tile down in the basement, there's like a little hole outside of the house where all this cold air is rushing in and that's where the pipes are freezing up. Mm, okay. So my wife and I took like a whole bunch of, we had like a bunch of extra sheets and blankets and pillows, and we literally just stuffed everything up there this past winter. And we didn't have the problem with the pipes freezing. Right. So this is what I was thinking about. I know people are like, okay, what, we literally couldn't care less about <laughs> How that. about you wasting all your pillows <laughs> right. and putting them in the,
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in the hole for outside? It sounds like a lot of work to me.
1: And it, it was, but it helped. But this is what I started thinking about, Jay. We had to prepare our house mm. for this bad, inclement weather.
0: You know bad and inclement mean the same thing? Yes, it was a, okay. a double, double uh, negative. Yes, it was. But We don't like negativity on this <laughs> show, my brother. Hit me with a double positive. Hey, glory,
1: hallelujah.
0: <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that now. Right. Okay, so
1: preparation for this bad weather helped us. But the previous years, we didn't prepare for it. Mm. So the pipes froze. Mm. So I started thinking about the fact that we as Christians know. Now, I know I know a lot of the TV preachers tell us that once you get saved, you just walking on a bed of roses. You can, you know, just command God and he has to do whatever you want. But that's not what Jesus said. But they on
0: TV, though. So they got to be right. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God, man, please. I have to go by what Jesus said. Okay, I'm just making sure
1: they're on TV, but he's in my heart.
0: Right. Even cable, though. Right, don't matter. It doesn't matter the platform, right?
1: Because Jesus said that in this world you will have.
0: But what about Netflix? (laughs) Like, if a preacher is on Netflix, does that like make it? I'm just trying to prepare myself. You know what I'm saying? Does that make it better? It does not make it better. Okay, go ahead. So Jesus, if you
1: have somebody that's not preaching the the true word of God, I'm gonna have to go with what Jesus said over what they said because they didn't die and rise from the dead on my behalf, to
0: prove that they were God. But they struck this deal with (laughs) Netflix and cable. That's easy to do. Okay, I'm just making sure. I mean, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Jesus died for my sins, but, you know, my man is like, he on TV, he got the Bentley. I'm just making sure. All right, Mm. so Jesus Jesus over the Bentley. I got it. Jesus over the Bentley. I'm good. Yes, sir. So
1: Jesus said we will have tribulations, that we will have trouble. So as Christians, wouldn't you agree that we have to prepare ourselves for the inclement weather
0: all day long. And you know what? That's a good point because in reality, in this life, there are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. All that stuff. I've had. Some man, stop! Good days. Don't start singing, brother. I sing <laughs> on this show. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> and you, actually, the singer. But I think I could sing. <laughs> Go ahead, do your thing, man. Sing your song, brother. No. (laughs) Um, But we live in, you know, this world where, like you said, everyone wants to preach to us, like, things are just going to be okay. And when we go out there and deal with reality and things aren't okay, then we turn our backs on God because we feel like, well, God must not be the answer to my problems Mm. because he didn't work the way they said we were going to work. Ah, Exactly.
1: I think that's really interesting because, you know, we hear these these teachers telling us one thing and we want to believe what others say over what the actual
0: word of God says. But, but we're not reading the word. Mm. So here's the importance of actually reading the word, because if you don't read the word, you just got to go off what the TV preacher said. Right. And, hey, he on TV, he must be doing something right. He got a big church in a Bentley. And so it's like, if you got a big church in a Bentley, you must know God. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but but I think the weather is such a good good example because look, if I told you, yo, spring is coming, but don't get an umbrella, don't buy a raincoat, don't get rain boots, just go out there. Every day's gonna be sunny. We were called to shine our lights. Mm-hmm. That means it's going to be the sun. <laughs> and then you go out there, and it's going to rain every other every other day because April showers bring May flowers, right? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. we know that from the weather. But, hey, you go out there and get wet if you want to because you believe in false prophet meteorologists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, this, this whole – we probably – literally could talk about these false prophets. I literally, I'm not joking. Yet. Let's talk about it. cuz. <laughs> today I saw a video. You are not going to believe this. I have to send it to you. This pastor, I'm not going to say his name. He literally told his parishioners to go outside of the church into the backyard garden and eat grass like oxen. What? And they did. Wait
0: a minute. What? I didn't finish. What is a parishioner? <laughs> <laughs> Told his members to go outside. Look, man, I'm from. (laughs) Listen, here's how it works I'm from the east side. Uh huh. You know, I hey, got a Detroit public school education. I went to the good schools, though. You Uh know what I'm saying? And I went to a good college. So, Mm. shout out OU. That was a good college. Cost a lot of money. Yeah. But, um, just in case some people out there, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like maybe they young listeners and they ain't right. had that vocabulary test yet. Right. You right. know what I'm saying. Don't don't bring your <laughs> churchy talk up in here, brother. Ah, Parishioner yeah, yeah. member. Just say member, man. The members. The members. Thank you, my brother. He told them
1: to go eat grass like oxen, and they literally ran out there. There's video of them eating the grass like oxen. But why did he have to say like
0: oxen? I, that I don't that know. word in the Bible. It, he probably so trying to sound churchy. <laughs> That okay. Here, y'all got to understand. Here's my problem with being unnecessarily churchy. Mm -hmm. You say stuff that doesn't need to be said. Absolutely, like Like parishioners. Exactly. (laughs) You're guilty, my brother. Go outside and eat grass like an oxen, like whatever. And these people was eating grass. They literally were eating it, and he told them to stop. Come back
1: in, and uh, they were like shouting praising God, hopping up and down. He told them to be quiet. They stopped on a dime. It's like whatever he told them to do, they did it. And when you have those type of so-called prophets and those type of so-called preachers telling you something, and like you said, if you're not reading the word of God for yourself, in other words, if you're not preparing for the inclement weather, for the bad weather, if you're not preparing yourself for these times, when things are going to go wrong, then you're going to blame God because a man told you something different than what God told you.
0: And that, look, like to your point, preparation, part of that is reading the word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like part of preparing for Christ's return and also for the things that will endure in this lifetime mm-hmm. is reading the word. Yes. And if you don't have the word, you're just left with your emotions mm-hmm. and whatever you feel in the moment. And I'm human, you're human. Listen, my first thought isn't always right. Mm-hmm. It isn't always the right thing I should do. Every every feeling you got, I got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen, every feeling you get ain't the right thing. Amen. And so I think we got to be careful, man.
1: What if Jesus hadn't been preparing himself and reading the word. Remember in uh, Luke chapter four, and I think Matthew chapter four, I might be wrong on the Matthew one, I know Luke chapter four for sure. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, his line of defense was the word of God. Ironically, he is the word of God, but he still quoted scripture. He used the word of God so much so that the devil tried it the second time. He said,
0: isn't it written? And he tried to take scripture out of context. So here's what we got to realize, though. Mm -hmm. The devil is reading the word. Mm. And so he knows the word, which is why he can purposely try to manipulate it and give it to you out of context. Mm. Doesn't the word of God say Mm -hmm. that you're the head and not the tail or this, this and this? And it's like, okay, what is the context? I preached a message a few months ago about temptation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about temptation that's so tricky is that depending on the context that you read it, Mm -hmm. it can say something different. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a scripture that says, and I'm paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. that, you know, God can't tempt you. Mm -hmm. God doesn't tempt you. Then you'll have another scripture that says something like, hey, uh, the devil is a tempter. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, cool. But then you'll have another scripture that may say God does tempt you. Mm -hmm. Or in James, I believe, it talks about how, you know, we are basically tempted by the lust of our own hearts and Mm -hmm. things like that. So Mm -hmm. all paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. My point is you will see in different scriptures, and I'll bring them to the show one day, you know, because I know somebody out there like, well, show me the scripture. Listen, (laughs) Doc, I ain't got time right now. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I, I I will do that for my Bible scholars out there. I think that would be a dope show. Okay, hey, I got you. I think that'll be a dope show. My point is this: you have to look at each one, each example, in context, because mm. all right, here's what I talked about. When you go to school, mm-hmm. you take a test, and look, you that's you're being tempted, you're being tested. Yes, but the purpose mm. of the test. Is to help you learn something, yes. so you can pass the test. Mm-hmm. When I try to catch a rodent, mm-hmm. if you put cheese on a mouse trap, mm-hmm. nobody puts the cheese on the mouse trap so that the, the mouse can become a better mouse. <laughs> like right. I did this right. to make. So what am I saying? The the cheese on the mouse trap is an evil version of temptation mm-hmm. because. He, you're trying to kill the mouse exactly the enemy tempts us in the way that he's trying to lure us in with the cheese mm-hmm. God when he tests us mm-hmm. is to make us better yeah when the Bible says that God can't tempt you what it what it goes on to say something to the effect of there's no evil in him right what it's saying is that God cannot do something with the purpose of an evil outcome mm. because he's God like it's not in him so his his purpose his goal is never to Hey, I'm going to put the cheese on the mousetrap just to see if he bite it so I could kill him. Absolutely. it's not how God operates.
1: That's really interesting that you use the word context. The only way we can survive in this life, in any type of conversations, not just scripture, Mm -hmm. is context. I'm going to give you an example. Okay. I was talking to you earlier today. This happened today. All right. You made a statement. My wife and I were trying to catch up with you and your wife. We wanted to know, did you all need us to bring anything? And you made the statement. You said, call my wife yep. because you said, my wife and I aren't together right now. Mm. Now, within context, you right. were saying <laughs> that you physically were not with your wife. Right. Me being the very ignorant person that yes, I could be are. sometimes, <laughs> I said, what? And he was like, what? And I told my wife, I said, babe. Jay Will said he's not with his wife anymore. Just ignorant.
0: <laughs> she was like, man. wait, what?
1: But she was so confused too. It was like, wait, what's happening? And... Like,
0: I thought we were going over. For... <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? <laughs> Just ignorant, bro. But you see the point. I see the point. The context determines the conversation. Context determines the content. Not really. Does it? I don't it know if that works. No, it, it actually does.
1: does. Okay. It does. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The yes, the context determines the content. You cannot determine what the content if you don't it is if you don't know the context. Girl, see how of I just got
0: bars ready. Like yeah. they just there, just ready to lay <laughs> loose. But look, here, here's the thing. I got a question for you. Okay. Why is it, what urged you at this point mm-hmm. to start preparing the pipes? Mmm. I was literally tired of the pipes freezing. So here's here's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. In this walk with Christ, at some point, you have to get tired of your situation. Mm-hmm. Like, we want TV pastors and Instagram and Facebook pastors to preach us out of our situation wow. and say something to us that's just going to make our life magically a better place, like a Disney movie, mm-hmm. when in reality... You gotta be tired enough to get up and start working your faith. Yes. Y'all had faith that if you, I don't know, took the house pillow and put <laughs> uh-huh. it, I don't uh-huh. know where you, what Google university page <laughs> you got that from, but you had faith that if I get up and do this, mm-hmm. it will work. Mm-hmm. And you had hope. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing about faith. It's this mixture of belief and hope. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same thing. All right. All right. Wow. I want to hear more on that, brother. That was good. That, but, you ain't paying me to preach right now, <laughs> bro. You can't. Yeah. we. It's a whole different situation. You ain't paying me to preach, brother. Dude. So Song of Solomon.
1: Mm, interesting choice here. Chapter two. Okay. Verse 15. Give says, me the context, brother. Well, yeah. it's it's a very interesting passage. portion of scripture okay. that yeah. people quote all the time. I'm going to read it. It's And this is the, what version is this? This is the NIV. It says, "Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes, that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom." So we always quote the scripture: "The little foxes spoil the vine." I think that's the King James says, "Little," I think it says, "The little foxes spoil the vine." Yeah. But what is being said here is that it's the little things that end up getting us. So we have to prepare that little hole at the bottom of my front porch causes this freezing cold air to come in in the winter time. And it freezes the pipes. The hole is so small. I didn't even know it was there. Wow. But I knew the pipes kept freezing. So I had to trace back to where the pipes were freezing. And then I saw
0: the hole. So if you never trace back, Mm -hmm. or if you only look for the big thing, because I think that's what we do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, We look for the big, obvious thing. Right. And if that's not there, it's like, oh, why am I depressed? Or why am I disappointed? Mm. And if you don't have the obvious answer, you just keep doing things as if that doesn't exist. Mm. But at the end of the day, every night you're feeling this cool breeze. Right. And it wasn't until you got up and did something about it and prepared. Prepared. And what I really think people should know, all of us, me and you included, is like, Whatever you're dealing with in your life, in this life, man, look, God being God doesn't mean that things magically happen. Right. God brought the flood, but Noah had to build the ark. Yes. He had to build it by Mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. He couldn't just say, I decree and declare that there'll be an ark. (laughs) Right. The wood
1: is going to come together. Mm. No, he had to get out there. He had to hammer. He had to.
0: He had to make it. And, to. and during that, guess what? During mm. that moment, he might not have been out there like, oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> and, and so what am I saying is like, we think we're going to be walking around every moment like, oh, i going to get a breakthrough now. Mm. And, and all that. And it's like when you sweat, blood, sweat, and tears and you mm. really doing something. Okay. This happened the other day okay. too. Right? So something. Um, I was working around the house and... Um, you know, doing some spring cleanup. So I was raking some leaves. Okay. It's a lot of leaves. I got a lot of trees. So mm-hmm. it's like a lot of leaves. And um, I was out there. I had to do it like, I can't do it all in one day. So mm-hmm. it's like, I had to like, all right, today I'm going to work for a few hours on this. Then it's probably going to take me, it's going to take a couple days at least. Okay. So my wife came home from work. And she stood out there and she was talking to me for a second because I take a lot of pride in doing like you know housework thing mm-hmm. you know think whatever you know what I'm saying, so she was like, "Are you enjoying yourself?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Not at all, right I was like, "I'm not enjoying the process, but I'm enjoying the results mm and when I said it, it was like, wow. Like, I just said how I felt. But mm-hmm. when I said it, it was like, this is the reality is that I'm not having fun raking leaves, mm-hmm. but my lawn looked even better than I thought it was going to look. Right. Once I was raking them up, I'm like, dang, this look kind of straight. Like, mm-hmm. this look nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But we all want that nice, green, beautiful grass in that lawn. Mm-hmm. But- we want to make it seem like we got to enjoy the process and you won't always enjoy the process, but you will enjoy the results.
1: That is good. That is good.
0: Wow. So, well, I don't know. I think that
1: was a deep conversation, brother. I enjoyed that. That, I, I mean, literally, I think the key word here is preparation. We have to prepare for times when things are not going to go the best. And sometimes, unfortunately, as Christians, we think things are always going to go perfect. I can decree and declare that this is that everything is going to go right, and it's not. The reality is things are going to go wrong in your life. Things are going to go bad. Bad things are going to happen. It all depends on your preparation for it, how you get through it. Are you going to not prepare and then blame God for it, or are you going to prepare and go ahead and take that hit and keep going?
0: Well said, my brother. Well, thank you for coming through today, Lavelle. Until next time. I, I don't know how to leave. Just get up and walk out, my brother.
1: All right. Well, I, I feel like I should say something. Like, Should I have like a exit line or something? Thank I'm, you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Yeah. It's time to go. Lavelle.
0: what are you doing here? To another event. Yo. You know what? It's something in that conversation that really stood out to me. That section when we were talking about the little things. You know what I mean? Because Lavelle talked about how, you know, this, you know, this small hole in his basement was causing like a huge draft. And it was, you know, the little thing. And, and so something popped in my mind. Look, you you know, even talking about Noah with the ark, right? Okay, so let me let me let me break this down. I get excited, you know what I'm saying? When something like hit me out of nowhere, it get me all excited and I could barely talk, you know what I'm saying? So if you ever see me like, then it's like, oh, he' about to say something good. If I ever hit you, it's like, oh man, that boy about to he' about to go in because he can't talk. So that happens. All right, so here's the thought I had: the small thing you do, one thousand times is more impactful than the big thing you do once. All right, so I'm taking this idea of the small things to a different direction, right? Like, like we already kind of covered one side of it. Now I wanna talk about it from a different angle. There are so many times in life we want our big break. We want the million dollar deal. You know, we want the song that hits the radio and goes number one on the billboard. But that big thing that you do only one time, is it even worth it a lot of times? Like how many one hit wonders have you heard where a person made a, a, a dope song and it was like, oh, that was a hit for 12 weeks and we never saw that artist again. Or we all know about the person who wins the lottery and then they lose it in five years. You got the one big check, but you skipped over every little thing. Let's encourage each other in the fact that, look, that big thing is cool, but if you don't do the small things that lead up to that, you're going to lose it. Every big thing that lasts has a thousand small things behind it. You can turn $10 into something. You could turn $1,000 into something. But so many of us don't want to take the small road where it's like, yep, I'm going to just keep reaching one person, one more person. I'm going to reach a thousand people. I'm going to do a thousand episodes. Maybe I never do the one big episode that's, you know, like goes viral and gets a million views. But what happens if I do a thousand episodes that get 10,000 views? You know what I mean? Isn't that really more impactful anyway? Like, we don't even think about that. 1,000 episodes at 10,000 views is 10 million. You know, one at 1 million, it sounds better than 10,000, but that's just 1 million. That's just one-tenth, 10% doing that one big thing. And so what I want us to think about is let's not always try to be a one hit wonder and have the one great song that everyone knows and they never hear the rest of your work. Let's make a hundred great songs. Let's make, you know, paint a thousand great paintings. Whatever you do, whatever it is, do the small things great. I always talk about how Noah built the ark, but it was God's plan. I wanna even think of that from a different perspective today. Not in a contrary perspective, just a different perspective. You feel me? Let's just read Genesis chapter 6, starting at verse 13. And I'm reading from the ESV. And God said to Noah, I've determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. Its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. That's God's plan for the ark. I like using this example because the ark is a big thing. And it could be easy for us to look at the ark as something just so great and like, wow, God, you know, gave Noah the ark. Nope. God gave Noah the plan. But Noah had, notice he kept saying, make, make this, do that. That took work. Let's just sit back and imagine how many years it actually took Noah to build his ark. So, you know, we... Pray for things, and we just want God to just, hey, just give me the art. Give me that big thing. Like, I just want the big thing one time. Just show me the art. And what God wants us to do is make this out of gopher wood, make the roof, make this like this, set the door here. God has a thousand small instructions that we have to carry out before we see that big thing, that bigger picture. And I'm not promising some big thing in particular, I'm using this metaphorically. To say that whatever God is causing you to do, whatever your purpose to do, it's gonna take a thousand small things before you get to your ark. If you don't get the gopher wood, you're never gonna get to the ark. And so many times what we're looking for is: hey, Mr. Preacher Man, promise me my future. Prophet Proph- Proph- almost said prof- Proph- prophesy Proph- to me Proph- that I'm gonna be a millionaire because that's what I wanna get to. Don't tell me that I have to save to become a millionaire. Don't tell me that I have to be disciplined with my money. Tell me that someone's gonna walk up to me and just give me thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. Like, tell me that someone is gonna give me a handout because I'm not built for the small things. And what I'm telling you guys, people, is that we gotta be built for the small things. Listen, if Noah can't go out there and get the the gopher wood, if he's too good for that. He's too good for the ark. On top of all that, the ark wasn't for him to stunt. It wasn't so Noah could be dope. It was to preserve life. When you read the word of God, one of the things that constantly stands out to me is that these miracles and these big things that God was doing had a greater purpose behind them to preserve life. God wants to preserve life, He doesn't want Noah to stunt. And the issue sometimes is that we just want the art so we can float past everybody in a smaller boat. Like, hey, hey, I'm in the art. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm in the art. Hey. And it's like, whoa. God gave you that to preserve life, not to stunt. We got to get our mind in order. You know what I'm saying? Do the thousand small things. If I can just do a thousand small things, That will be way more impactful than me doing a big thing once. That's what I'm living by. Like, I'm not just telling y'all stuff that I'm not doing. I'm not telling y'all stuff that I don't genuinely believe and that I'm not striving for myself. Forget all that big stuff. Forget, oh, your name and lights and this. Oh, Lights Camp. Man, look, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose the lottery money if you don't know how to save 10000 What you going to do with 10000000 You million? You're literally not built for it. You gotta build the principles with the small things time to get social let's get social it's time to get social let's get social let's get social let's get social let's get social oh yeah guys people it's time to head over to my facebook page Y'all know what that means. It's time to get social. So let's check out the first post. This one had 39 likes and 8 shares. You know what? Only 39 likes. I blame it on the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? The algorithm will try to take your heart sometimes and not let nobody see your post. So I'ma just blame that one on the algorithm, but I thought this was a pretty good post. You know what I'm saying? Only 39 people agreed with me. Here's what I said. Everyone loves the idea of success, but few loves the work that it takes to succeed. I want you to let that marinate. The idea of success, it's like, oh, it just sounds so good. Like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Let's walk through this. Let's take a step back and walk through this. You want to be a millionaire, right? So you start a business and you like, yep, I'm going to start this business and I sell uh, brochures, right? You sell brochures. I don't know why you sell brochures in 2019 when the internet is out, but that's what you decide to do as an entrepreneur, okay? The idea of that sounds good. It sounds exciting, right? But here's what happened when success actually takes place. Success always comes with the responsibility. So now you have less time on your hands. You was used to coming home and watching ESPN after work every day. But now all of a sudden, you got nine orders that you got to fulfill. Oh, but you still have to go to work tomorrow, too. So now you up all night fulfilling these nine orders, taking those to the post office, mailing those off, you know, emailing back a few people who are interested in everything. And you look up and it's 1130 at night. Now you sleepy. You go to sleep. You wake up tomorrow and go to work. You spend all day at work, and you get three more orders. And guess what? You do it again, again, and again. You're gonna have to keep doing that and keep sacrificing more and keep balancing things out. And guess what ends up happening? People be like, "Oh, you know what? Um, man, I can't even do it today. Um, man, the kid, man, my son hit his toe, bro. Yeah, I ain't gonna be able to print that today. My son hit his toe, man. Like, so, so he hit his, like, he broke his toe." No, no, no. Just walking from the kitchen, you know, just hit, hit it on the refrigerator. Like, bro, if you want to be successful, what I'm saying, people, is that you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice something. And that's not always easy. What you don't want to do is over-sacrifice, and now you ain't spending no time with your kids, and you don't even know it's so messed up. And so that's a hard thing to balance. So I've come to realize everyone loves that idea of being successful. But very few people want to walk down that path when it really happens. Believe it or not, some people actually choose failure because they're just too lazy to be successful. Let's sneak one last one in real quick. This one has 220 likes, 23 comments, 68 shares. That's more like it, people. Here's what I said. The devil has been studying your family for generations. Stop playing with sin. All right. I had this random thoughts sometimes because I never met either one of my biological grandfathers. Well, I met one of them. I only just seen him like twice, but I never knew him. And, you know, I did some asking around and I learned some things about him. And I'm like, you know what What's crazy is that the devil has been studying our family. Like, so this is your bloodline. He might try to trip you up with some of the same stuff. So what I'm saying is like sometimes we play around with sin thinking, oh, it's just us or they young. He'll be all right. But a lot of times it's bigger than that. that. All right. Let's get into our prayer for the day. We had a great show. We talked about doing the small things and preparing for our purpose. So let's pray about that. Lord God, we come before you today just humbled and thankful, Lord God. Thankful, Lord God, that you've allowed us again, Lord God, to learn To fellowship, to dialogue and converse about building our purpose, Lord God, and about doing the small things right, Father. Lord God, I pray that you touch the people's heart, Lord God, all around the world, Lord God, that we will begin to get back focused, Lord, and get our focus on you so that we could do the small things right, Lord. Sometimes we want to just blow up overnight or blow up at all for that matter. Lord God, I pray that you give us contentment and humility to serve you, Lord God, and to be prepared as your people, Lord God. Just because we are believers don't mean that we have to, you know, go around unprepared and blame it on faith, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you give us the ability, the desire, Lord God, the strength and the mindset to work our faith, Lord, to not just say things and think they're magically going to happen, but to build our ark. Lord God, cover us and keep us in this process, Father. And I pray for your people. In your son Jesus' name, Lord God, remember us, Lord God. Amen. God's people, thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's J. Wheel Music song of the day, it's one of my favorites. It's called A Walk in the Park, features Alicia Love, another sound doctrine classic. Whether they live or die, with your help, we could convince them that with a little extra effort on them... I want to say something. There's a song I used to sing, when I get sad, it always cheered me up. Something about a walk in the park that just makes you forget everything that's going on in life. And I ain't gonna lie, sometimes I wish every day was a walk in the park. But I know it's not, but I know it's not. Cloudy skies, what it's like, chance of rain. NYC first timers, me and my wife feeling famous. Walking through Times Square, and she, like, boy, I can't get my hair wet. And you know that I'm in love with the cause I bought a $20 umbrella. Okay, maybe I exaggerated, it was only about 10 or 15. But we won now, so whatever benefits her benefits me. That took a while for me to figure out, so I ain't trying to act so holy, holy, holy. I wanna be a dad so bad. I we started watching roly polyoli and it seemed like as soon as we started having a good time, enjoying ourselves, that's when the rain came, and it just kept pouring down, we just ran, and we ran, we ran till we couldn't run no more, the sunshine turns the clouds. Am I dumb because I ran, or am I just random? My wife held my hand and told me that I was handsome. Nothing like a walk in the park to make a man feel so good. Every day is not a walk in the park. Don't be misunderstood. If the soldiers only prepare for the victory, they never see the guns of the enemy. And they a friend of me, defending me. So I just want to see them win. I mean, I just want to see them win. It means I don't want to see them sin. Because sin thrills, then kills. War sin is just another gun And I don't want to have to see, see a man die Due to suicide from the sin side So if you and I speak the truth go Maybe man. we'll protect troops From themselves, sin yeah. is hell no. Oh well, oh well what? what you mean? We a team You supposed to be the Let's MVP go, Lord, why you coach my team We really need to win this game We'll do it in your name Promise we'll for the gate to A eh? aid On you, it's your story Your glory, not mine Life is not a walk in the park, but because of you I'm doing just fine The sunshine
1: turns to clouds, clouds turn into rain Rain turns into flood and washes everything away But blue skies are on its way again
0: If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm on the ground My knees on the floor in the sky and i'm praising the lord give him all that i got my life is not perfect but rain will run dry and that cloud in the air will go back where it came and the sun will come shining jesus his name he lived he died he rose again with one walk in the park he defeated the grave A walk in the park featuring Alicia Love, produced by Darius James and Darrell Red Campbell Jr. That song is featured on Sound Doctrine, but you already got that album by now, right? And if you don't have it, you on iTunes or Spotify right now, searching J Will Music Sound Doctrine, right? Right. 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 Come on, man. 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 I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love you God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear? Or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show? It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. Again, Jermaine Wilson Music. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So, you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work? You want to listen to it in the gym? Do me a favor, just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like it.